1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. It is week 17 of the NFL, which seems crazy to believe. It feels like we just started. And this used to be the final week of the NFL season, but no, no, not in 2021. It's the penultimate week, which probably means it's championship week. So you are watching everybody's COVID results uh, with bated breath the next couple of weeks. I loved last week we had a, a really fun preview show on Thursday. Thursday and almost everything about every game changed uh, before it kicked <laughs> off on Sunday morning. So, how uh, today I am joined by John, uh, one of our writers. John, how are you doing? How's your week going? Any fantasy
0: teams left in the title games? Um. So I ran eighteen teams into the playoffs. <clears throat> um, quite a few bye weeks. And then last week, the hammer came down. <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm I'm playing for a lot of thirds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, playing for a lot of thirds. I think I still have the shot at maybe six championships. So, I mean, I got eviscerated last week. It was
1: not great. I have one team where I was the defending champion, went 14-0 during the regular season, had a first-round bye, and when my first playoff matchup came up, I lost Kelsey, Waller, Taysom Hill, and Austin Eckler and ended up going down at Flames.
0: I, I had Godwin, Fournette. I had Fournette everywhere.
1: At least Godwin made a few. Oh, yeah, he wasn't in last week. It was the week before yeah. when he got hurt. At least he had scored like... Ten points. Yeah, if you were at James Robinson's stand. That week was brutal because he he actually played just
0: not very much. Yeah the the Fournette. I mean Fournette did all right two weeks ago before he went out, but that was a bye week for a few teams, and then, um like I won most of those matchups, Uh, but last week with Godwin and Fournette and Hopkins and everybody, (laughs) just everybody, um, it's been rough. It
1: was brutal. I think I'm in four finals. One, they, they must have forgot to change. I didn't realize last week was our finals matchup, and I lost a bunch of players because of COVID down the end, so I lost by, I think, 20 points. Oof. So, but on to happier thoughts. For those of you that aren't in uh, championships, Um, We are going to start out last week. Uh, Jason and I looked at our top five QBs and tight ends in Dynasty. This week, John and I are going to look at our top five running backs and receivers. We'll start with running backs, and I will kick it off. My number five is Christian McCaffrey. I love the talent. I love the production when he's on the field. It's that when is he on the field? The last two years have been brutal, getting a little harder to trust him. Number four for me is Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think there's going to be some questions in Minnesota in the offseason. This has been an underwhelming performance for the Vikings two years in a row. I think it's possible they look at long-term. Dalvin Cook has been a great player in that system. If things change... Um, It could be a moment of pause, but right now I really like him. Number three, DeAndre Swift. I've loved what he's done this year, even with a middling Detroit team. I think Detroit has enough in Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, and TJ Hawkinson that they can invest in building up that offensive line, some of the other pieces, and Swift is going to be there uh, to capitalize. Number two for me is Najee Harris, another team probably with a lot of questions, but It's hard to imagine that Harris will be running behind the line that's worse than the one he's had this year, and he's had a pretty spectacular year. Uh, I like him. I like him as a three-down back in all phases, and number one for me, uh, easy call, Jonathan Taylor. I actually right now still think he should be the NFL MVP this year for what he's done. He's carrying that Colts team. He has been simply amazing. How about your top five running backs?
0: Uh, So I was debating on number five. Um, if I was going 100% speculative, I'm talking about J.K. Dobbins. Love the guy. Um, you know I love the guy. I've been raving about him for years, uh, even when he was at Ohio State. Uh, but I went with Nick Chubb. Um, great spot. I mean, even when Kareem Hunt is out there with him, you know, he still puts up 20 points a game. Um, so love some Chubb, uh, fourth, I have Derrick Henry. Um, he's still averaging more points per game than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, (laughs) I think it, it, uh, it took this week to knock him out of the top five running back scorers in general. I mean, the guy is absolutely nuts. He's not super old and he doesn't show any signs of slowing down, um, you know, it's unfortunate he had the foot injury, but I see him coming back fine and dominating for a few years. Uh, three, Najee Harris. Um, just amazing talent. Like like you said, he's got a crap offensive line, and he's putting up a great season. So, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's got some stuff to do with their quarterback situation. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to draft alignment with their first rounder this year, um, you know, because if they do that, then Mason Rudolph, or even worse, Dwayne Haskins will be the starter. So maybe they get Rodgers. Who knows? <clears throat> uh, number two, I had Austin Eckler. Um, he scores points, like, well, I mean, he scores points because it's his job, but he does it really well. Um, all aspects of the game. Uh, He's in a fantastic offense that uh, Herbert's not going anywhere for a while. Um, You know, when he's out, Justin Jackson scores 30 points. Like, Justin Jackson's not the talent of Eckler, but the system is so good. Uh, And then number one, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I mean, do I think he's the best running back in the league? No. But do I think that? He will be a top three, you know, every year going forward. Um, yeah. I don't know that he'll ever be the number one because Derrick Henry's still alive, but uh, Jonathan Taylor's pretty solid. Uh, one thing that I did want to bring up on your QB ranks this is a guy that I, uh, you know, you wouldn't think of, but Tom Brady in Dynasty, because. He's probably gonna outplay everybody else. He's gonna keep playing long after. I mean, we're probably gonna be dead before Brady stops playing. So consideration there.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you knew if you knew he was coming back, I think he'll probably play another year, but he hasn't committed to it and his contract is up. So we'll see. But before we move on to wide receivers, uh, both at running back and receiver, I'm going to toss one out there just to get your feel because these are going to be guys that are going to be impossible to watch this offseason. At running back, Cam Akers. I will say that I went out to 25 when I was trying to rough it out, and I ended up slotting him at 25 for now, which is not where I thought I'd ever have him in August. It looked really bleak. He has come back now. He's been activated there's a realistic possibility we see him play a couple of snaps at least this week. And then he plays a couple of snaps in the playoff, which feels almost amazing considering he's Torres Achilles. How do you view Akers? Would you have him in a top 25, top 20? You're still unsure.
0: Um, I would have him probably somewhere around there. I mean – there's still Darrell Henderson. He's going to get some some balls his way. Sony Michelle has actually shown that he's a reasonable starting running back, um, so they're not just going to kick him out of the offense. Uh,
1: Isn't it his last year? I think he, his contract is up after this year. It was a one-year investment. Henderson would have one more year because this year three for him. Acres is the only one that has multiple years left. But those are all th- – that does give me pause. Well, let me throw it to you this way. I saw somebody uh, post a question on the Dynasty Nerds page about a trade, uh, considering trading Acres for the 108. Too high, too low feels right. If you would have asked me in August, I would have said, take a second and be glad.
0: That you got it, but now I don't
1: know if I think 108's high enough.
0: Um, I wouldn't trade my 108 for cam acres, but if I saw it happen, um I wouldn't spend five minutes eviscerating it like some of the other trades that I've been doing lately. Uh, there's been a lot of bad stuff going on uh for, for these final playoff rounds. Uh. And people and
1: he a player like that coming back from a catastrophic injury is so hard to so you wouldn't give 108 to get acres if you had acres and somebody offered you 108, would you take
0: it? Probably. Probably. I like I've never really had all that much faith in Acres, uh, yeah. even when he was out there putting up numbers that you know should have given me faith in him.
1: Yeah, he was some of the lowest of my my rookie running backs. I think he, James Robinson, and Travis Atien are going to be the three hardest guys to gauge value on coming back. Because, you know, Dobbins, sure, he tore his ACL and that sucks. But we've seen guys bounce back from an ACL. He's in a pretty good system. I feel comfortable having him, you know, right up in my top 15 um, because of the potential and, and because of what we've seen. But those other guys – you know, Jacksonville, there's questions about the system. There are questions. Liz Frank is a little bit different coming back. Robinson, Torres, Achilles tendon. Just because Akers can come back doesn't – you know, the history of that is still <laughs> grim. So that's going to be interesting. As we uh, throw over to wide receivers, why don't you kick it off and give us your top five.
0: All right. Um, this is probably going to cause uh, conversation. Uh, my five is Cup, I mean, he's not – very old yet and he's not slowing down like he's still increase, he's the number one receiver in the NFL right now and he's getting better um year over year so sky's the limit for that guy um jamar chase at four um I'm in the central ohio area I see Bengals games uh about half the half the weeks and he's nuts like (laughs) he has carried over his success from college into the nfl um which was really up in the air in the off season because he couldn't catch a ball he's been doing fine um i think he's gonna do fine especially because he's got burrow so they're gonna grow old together um uh let's see number three debo that's my guy um, you know, you have to keep a, a 49er somewhere on your top five. So uh, he's got all the opportunity in the world. He lines up everywhere. Uh, I mean, he's good to the point where they just want to generate touches for him because he'll make something happen. Um, I don't see that going away. Uh, CD Lamb at two. I was debating on one or two for Um another guy that they're doing everything they can to manufacture touches for um and i don't with him emerging does that make amari go away like can they is he expendable now our friend matt bruning would love that right um you know amari cooper's always been a good receiver, uh, even into the great category. I think CD has every bit of the talent to move past that. Um, Just watching him play. I mean, it's electric every time he touches the ball. And then Justin Jefferson. I mean, that's kind of boring at number one, but it is what it is. It's like Jonathan Taylor at running back. There's, There's not really much direction you can go other than that. You know,
1: it's amazing. We have the same five players in our top five. I just have a different order, so I don't know if that's a good (laughs) sign or a bad sign. Uh, Number five for me is Debo Samuel. Um, I love what he's doing. I love his versatility uh, uh, in the backfield and as a receiver. The only question that sometimes in San Francisco might be volume. Um, You know, they've been a little more pass-heavy here down the stretch with Jimmy G. Really curious, I'm sure you are, to see what we see from Trey Lance. Uh, moving yes. forward, you know, and if they can maintain that, uh, volume, the great thing for Debo though, is even if he's not getting the passing volume, you throw in a few trick plays and he can get you yards on the ground. I think that's, what's put him up over IUK. Uh, number four for me is Jamar Chase. We had the exact same number four, and for a lot of the same reasons, he had a phenomenal mid-stretch to the season. We've seen Higgins come on a little more of late. But Chase and Burrow have a great connection, and I think that's only going good- to continue to grow. The Bengals are ahead of where I thought they'd be this season. It looks like they are on track to be that worst to first team. In the AFC North, hopefully they can keep that vibe going, unlike some of the other teams we've seen, like Cleveland, who just haven't been able to sustain it year over year. Number three for me is CeeDee Lamb. I love the Cowboys. I love Dak. I love Lamb. Um, I think he is their number one. I think they still will keep Cooper. I think Gallup's the one that's going to end up going. I think with Lamb, Cooper, and Schultz, they have three complementary pieces that will keep that pass offense going strong. They may be looking at a changeover in the backfield rather than wholeheartedly in the receiver uh section. Number two for me, Justin Jefferson had an amazing rookie year, has had a great second uh year again. Much like Cook, I love the talent. I have questions about whether Minnesota decides to do something different with the coaching staff with cousins. What does that end up meaning? You know, we've seen great players be held down a little bit by the system and or the players they're, they're put in with as a Denver Broncos fan. I watch it every week. And number one for me is Cooper cup. We've seen him, be steadily exploding. He is having a career year. I'll grant you that. I don't want to base everything off of one career year, but they locked him up long-term. He is a perfect fit for that system. And with Matthew Stafford, they are able to put the passing game to a level that they couldn't get to with Jared Goff. And I think that he's poised to thrive with that partnership for the next couple of years. You know, I love Devontae Adams' talent, I don't know what team he's going to be on. I don't know who his quarterback's going to be. I don't know what his system is going to be. We've seen great players, you know, like a DeAndre Hopkins, who has all the talent in the world and goes to what seems like it would be a better offense, the air raid offense with a great quarterback in Kyler Murray and have his fantasy numbers ebb down because there's too many weapons. So Devontae Adams, the guy that I'm, you know, I'm waiting to see where he lands. I have him just inside my top 10, but you know, if we're going, Talent and production alone, he's been top of the box for several years, but there are so many questions in this situation. But I want to ask you one receiver that I think is going to be damn near impossible when we're trying to figure out this year is Calvin Ridley. I loved Calvin Ridley going into this season. I thought he had the potential to be wide receiver one in 2021. We don't know what's going on with him. I wish him the best. Mental health is no joke, as I'm sure you would agree. He needs to take care of himself. We also don't know what's going to happen with Atlanta. There's a lot of rumblings. They want to move on from Matt Ryan. But if you looked at his contract, it's like a $40 million hit each of the next three years. So probably not moving on from him. I still have him in my top 20 because I like the talent. But it gives me pause. How are you feeling about Calvin Ridley
0: and Dynasty? I want to hop back real quick before Ridley. I did have Cup first, and I just moved him to last because I don't know. But – I, I mean, you left-
1: can make an argument for any of those guys in any of yeah. those spots. The fact that we have the same five probably says that there's coming around a consensus of the guys that we like. It's just a matter of where they, they slot
0: in and people have preferences, I think. Absolutely. Uh, So Ridley, that is a tough one. Um, Russell Gage, who's not as talented as Rip, uh, Ridley, has blown up. He had a bad week last week, but since Ridley's been down, he's been a number one receiver. Um, And I don't think he should be. So Ridley comes back. He actually is a number one receiver. Um, You know, he's super talented. He's just got stuff going on. Um, It could, it's one of those things like, like a Liz Frank or uh, an Achilles where you don't know what he's going to be when he comes back or exactly, you know, if he's going to come back, like how, how is his mental state going to be? Is he going to bounce in and out? You know, um, honestly, I'd take a flyer on him. I've got him on a couple teams on my IR. Uh, But, like, uh, I just hope the guy gets the help that he needs. Uh, That's more important than fantasy. The thing
1: that I think could be interesting, too, is – Atlanta, actually, even with Matt Ryan, if Ridley came back and was Calvin Ridley, with what we've seen, Russell Gage establishing himself, Kyle Pitts, one of the great young tight ends, and the weapon that they have in Cordero Patterson in Arthur Smith's system, I think they could actually be a fun offense. They haven't been that far off the mark, but those are some big ifs. I wish – you know, I totally respect his privacy and stuff, but as a fantasy player, we've gotten – just no information. I mean, there's basically radio silence. He left I feel like it was week six or seven this season, and we have we've heard nothing. And every time they ask Arthur Smith, he says no update. It just yeah. uh, I hope he I hope he gets well and it's gonna be an interesting one to watch this off season. Absolutely. Well, as we transition now into the penultimate uh, week of the season, I'm going to give you uh, my highlighted games of the week in each of the windows. We have no more Thursday games, no more Saturday games this week. We have the final Monday night football game before next week. It's all on Sunday. So I have a morning, early window, late window night game and Monday night game to highlight. And then John and I will look at our sit starts. And Ricky did toss us up a few bets as he is on vacation with his family this week. So, morning window game, Las Vegas Raiders 8 and 7 at the Indianapolis Colts 9 and 6, two of the most intriguing and hottest teams in the wild card race, the Colts. Carson Wentz went on COVID, so uh, please, Jonathan Taylor, wrap yourself in saran wrap. Put yourself somewhere. We need you on Sunday. The Colts did reveal today that they reached out to Philip Rivers, uh, but obviously were rebuffed. And so Sam Ellinger will have to go getting that incredible confidence boost of, hey, bro, we really want you to start. We didn't want you to start, but now we really want you to start um so that'll be interesting i think that it could be a big week uh for jonathan taylor but the raiders defense has been impressive denver has two really good running backs that did jack and squat um last week so that'll be interesting raiders they were six and seven i was ready to write their obituary they came back and they won in cleveland they beat denver if they get a win here they're putting themselves in incredible position to actually make it into the playoffs which seems crazy with all that they've endured so that is my early window game big fantasy implications there late window afternoon the arizona cardinals no team has faded harder the last few weeks it seems than the cardinals they are down to 10 and five they went from the best record in the nfc to being in wild card position they are in the playoffs which is the good news for them But they've lost three straight and they doesn't get any easier as they go into Dallas to face the red-hot Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have won the NFC East. They're 11 and four. They still have a path to be the number one seed in the NFC. I'm just saying somebody picked them as a Super Bowl team uh, back in August and is feeling <laughs> a lot better about that pick than my Buffalo Bills pick. But my 1992 dream is still alive, uh, so I'm feeling good about that. But I think that's going to be a heck of a game. The Sunday night game, interesting one. Minnesota Vikings. I talked about them a little little. little bit they are on their last legs seven and eight if they lose here i think they're for sure out i think it takes at least nine wins to get into the playoffs in the nfc which means they'd have to win out they're at the green bay packers packers are 12 and 3 all they got to do is win their last two games and they're the number one seed and they get a bye in what could end up being aaron Rodgers' final season i guess the prospect of having to play in pittsburgh or denver was enough to get Rodgers to consider retirement i feel you Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers owns the Bears. He's done pretty well against the Vikings, uh, but this should be an interesting matchup. If the Vikings lose, I think it's time to start wondering what happens to Mike Zimmer, what happens to Kirk Cousins. Those two guys don't even seem to get along. Maybe one stays and one goes, maybe both go, maybe both stay. Must be fun to be a Vikings fan. And then Monday Night Football. Cleveland Browns at 7-8 and eight at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. This is two underachieving teams. They were both in the playoffs last year. They met. Uh, interesting playoff game. Both of them are kind of spinning out a little bit. Pittsburgh can't block to save their lives, and Baker Mayfield hasn't found a Cleveland Brown he'd like to throw to as much as he enjoys throwing it to the opposition. Uh, at least the State Farm ads should be on point. Uh, but the loser here, I'd say, is very much out of the AFC playoff picture. While the winner here could actually end up winning the AFC North, welcome to the NFL in 2021. Any <laughs> games that caught your eye, John? I know you're going to be watching uh, Trey Lance. Oh. He rolls out there.
0: As long as it's not on stupid NFL network, I hate them. They, <laughs> I, I was not able to watch my Niners. Well, I should not have been able to watch my Niners game last week. Uh, I made it happen, but hate NFL Network. Uh, as far as games, um, yeah, the Niners game is, I mean, I'd like to see probably the Cowboys game because, like I said, CD's amazing. Um, probably the Chiefs game. Uh, Bengals have been playing up. The Chiefs have turned back into the Chiefs, so that that should be a fun one to watch. Um, That's probably it, though. Like the Colts game, there's going to be 75 players in the box. Um, I don't even know if they're going to mark the receivers if Ellinger starts. They, they might just bring an all-out, you know, that goal line blitz from Madden, where everybody goes after the quarterback. Uh, I mean, do you do that and hope it works every time against him? Maybe.
1: <laughs> we shall. We shall soon see. I guess. All right, well, let's uh, transition to some starts and sits for the week. I will lead off and give you my starts. Uh, At quarterback, I'm starting Trey Lance. He was quarterback 20 in his one start uh, this season, and that was without a rushing or passing touchdown. I think that he has an opportunity to do a little bit better this week Uh, playing against Houston. I expect he's going to get a touchdown, and I think it's a very important game for San Francisco, who unfortunately lost last week. They need to win in to get into the playoffs i think lance really needs to make an audition to give them something to think about spend a lot of speculation about what they're going to do with jimmy g and trey lance uh, because of how well jimmy has played um down the stretch here so trey lance uh Lot riding on this game, I think that he ends up delivering. My running back start is Sony Michelle. We've seen him really take over the backfield for the Rams. Sick of being upsold at gyms.
0: My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our shred membership. For 130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach sweat platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never
1: pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And that's been a good thing. He's running with a lot of passion. Daryl Henderson uh, looks like he's questionable to miss here. And I don't think they want to give Cam Akers a bunch of carries yet. This is going to be the Sony Michelle show. And I think he ends up delivering at least RB2 value for you this week. My wide receiver start is A.J. Brown. I know they're playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a good defense. The Dolphins have a good secondary. A.J. Brown is the star of that offense. He's the only star that they have with Derrick Henry still on the bench and Julio Jones. Uh, He may have died. I'm unclear <laughs> if he's still alive. He might have died uh, in the preseason. <laughs> he, might, he might have died. But A.J. Brown came off of IR and looked simply incredible last week. He needs to be in your lineup. I think he ends. I think he'll probably be a wide receiver one, at worst, wide receiver two. My tight end start is Zach Ertz. He's getting volume and he's been productive in that Arizona offense with DeAndre Hopkins out. They don't really have a receiver they trust between Kirk and A.J. Green. Rondale Moore has struggled with health. James Conner's still banged up. Chase Edmonds is there, but I think Zach Ertz looked like the guy that Kyler is going to in a pinch, and I think they're going to need to play some up-tempo playing the Cowboys. So those are my starts. John, how about you? Um,
0: At quarterback, the Trey Lance. Um, I mean, I need him to be very good. <laughs> uh, not just for this week or next week, uh, or any set period of time, um, but pretty much for the rest of his career. Um, And that's not like, I think he's going to do great in fantasy this week, but I hope that he does great, great uh, for more than just my teams that have him. Running back, Elijah Mitchell um, with Trey under quarterback. uh, They're going to have those flare outs uh, for the running back lots of work in the flat, uh, lots of carries. Uh, he, he has shown, you know, nothing but top end RB all season. So I don't expect that to change, uh, wide receiver KJ Osborne, um, Thielen's done. Uh, there's no more Thielen this season. Uh, KJ has been putting up double digit points in his absence, looking real good out there. Um, you know, it's going to be a game where they have to throw a lot. So I I see him, you know, potentially being a, a mid-wide receiver, too, this week. Um, then tight end Dalton Schultz. Uh, the guy's put up over 20 the past two weeks. He's, you know, on a pace to go, go, go. So I love him. Um and I will absolutely start him in every league.
1: Yeah, Minnesota doesn't have what you might call a defense, uh, which probably doesn't help Mike Zimmer's cause. All right, well, those are the guys that we want in our lineup. I'm going to let you kick it off. Who do you not want
0: in your championship lineups? Uh, Russell Wilson. Um, and it's not even so much about Russell. It's the Lions like over the last seven games they've only had two games where they allowed more than 16 points uh, they have emerged as an actual football team um which is weird because they were real bad um but i yeah i don't think that seahawks offense is going to be able to do anything uh running back michael carter um When he's been healthy, he's been generally good. But he's playing Tampa Bay. um, And they're pretty good against the run. Um, And I don't – I just don't see the consistency in Carter. Like, he's been pretty good uh, on an average per game. But if you look at the individual games, you know, he'll go for 20. He'll go for nine. So uh, I'm staying away from Michael Carter uh, unless I absolutely have to start him. Wide receiver, uh, DJ Moore. Never really liked DJ Moore, like ever. I don't know that he's ever been on one of my teams. Um, I, I mean, they're they're playing the Saints. Saints get a good defense. Um and does Carolina have a quarterback right now?
1: I think they're going back to Sam Darnold, but it might be a platoon between Cam and Sam. Yeah. like Same as the Giants, platooning
0: Glennon and Jake From. Oh, God. Like, when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. Um, in this situation, that's 100% correct. Uh, hopefully in the 49ers situation, they have two. <laughs> but that's just hoping all right tight end and this burnt me the last time I picked him on here uh, but Kyle Pitts. um, not a great matchup uh, hasn't been playing you know he's he's been good recently but not great he did have a couple of supreme games towards the beginning of the season and he's you know, he's been in those double digits, but you know, he's going against a tough defense. So I just don't love him in that spot. Odds are, if you have him, you have to start him though. So.
1: Yeah, I know. All right. Well, my, my sits, uh, I mentioned it uh, when I made my Monday night football jokes, but I am not putting in Baker Mayfield, um, He's not had a good season. Um, they're playing Pittsburgh fresh off of a four interception game. Uh, the idea that Cleveland uh, would rather trade for Jimmy G or any host of people now gives me pause. Baker you know, doesn't have a long-term deal going into that last year. You know, Maybe he needs a change of scenery. It just hasn't worked, and I'm not putting my fantasy fate in his hands. My running back sit, Keyshawn Vaughn, and I know people are like, why would you even have considered? Well, he looked pretty good last week, and I've seen some people talking about this is his time and to fire him up. Ronald Jones was still RB12 for the week. I think Ronald Jones, he got a bulk of the carries. That's going to continue. Keyshawn Vaughn had one explosive 55-yard run for a touchdown. It was great. But if you don't get that, you know, then he had six carries for 15 yards. So, (laughs) and he didn't catch any passes. So, I'm not ready to fire him up. I was excited to see that somehow Bruce Arians remembered Keyshawn Vaughn was on the roster, and maybe he'll be in for a bigger role next year. But. I'm not trusting my fantasy fate to Vaughn this week. Wide receiver sit is a tough one. It's Terry McLaren. I love the talent, but Washington is a hot damn mess. The Eagles have a better defense than you think. And Washington's passing situation, here's another spot where if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Ron Rivera said that they are preparing both Heineke and Kyle Allen, and he expects them both to see snaps. That ain't a good thing. That's not a good thing for anything. Um, Washington's kind of out of it. A couple of weeks ago, I thought Taylor Heineke had played well enough that he'd earned himself a shot at starting. I think that's all but dried up. And uh, Washington has a lot of off field questions to answer. My tight end said another tough one Pat Fryermuth. I love the talent, he's had some real bright spots. That Pittsburgh offense is another hot damn mess. If Friarmouth gets a touchdown, he makes your day, but that does not feel like any kind of walk. Cleveland's defense has actually been playing really well, too. Um, you know, they did not let Green Bay explode. Last week, Green Bay was kind of held down. That game was really close. They played the Raiders really tight and really close. I think they're going to play Pittsburgh really tight and really close. While I might trust Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, I don't feel confident enough. And tight end, surprisingly, has enough better options that I'm not relying on Pat Fryermuth. So those are my my guys. Uh, Ricky did send us a few bets that he likes this week. I'm going to read these off and then I'll get your opinion of these, John. He likes over one and a half on Las Vegas Raiders, total team touchdowns. So he thinks the Raiders will get, at least two touchdowns playing the Colts. Uh, if they do that, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, so that you know that might be enough for them, especially if it's Sam Ellinger. He likes the Arizona Cardinals plus seven uh, this week. They are playing the Cowboys. He does not think that's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either. I think that's a decent one. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons and the Buffalo Bills, he likes the over on the 44 point uh, predicted total. I think that one's going to be a high scoring one. I could see both those teams putting up points. Buffalo's offense has been really resurgent of late. And the last bet that he gave me, he likes the Dolphins plus three and a half. They half. They're playing the Tennessee Titans. The Titans you know they showed out a little bit last week, but they're still struggling with missing some stars. Miami, arguably the hottest team in the NFL. They have won seven straight. If they win out, I think they get in the playoffs, and there's a realistic case to be made that they could win out. So I don't think that's too bad a call. Either way, I think that will be a close game. So what do you think of those bets?
0: Um, None of them are the two that I picked. Oh, no, give me yours. Yeah. Um, Chiefs minus five over the Bengals at minus one ten. Um like I think that Burrow and company are gonna give them a hell of a show. Defense is gonna be good, but it's still Patrick Mahomes, and their defense has started showing up. Um, you know, they they did just fine last week without uh without Kelsey and essentially yeah, I didn't Tyree, but they did. right? <laughs> yeah, uh Kelsey and and I mean Tyreek played but what do you get like 2.7 points. Yeah, it something? was
1: all about Byron and Pringle. Yeah. I, I bet they'll go back to those guys now that uh, CEH is is banged around.
0: Yeah. Um and my other one Vikings Packers over 46 and a half from minus 110. Um as Feels far pretty as safe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as far as Ricky's bets um I don't I don't hate any of them, you know. I'd put I'd put money which what was the last one?
1: So the last one was dolphins plus three and a half mm-hmm. uh over the titans. I thought that was an interesting one. Miami is hot. I uh, you know, yeah, I don't think it's more than a three point game, and I think there's a decent chance Miami wins, which is you know, putting good points. The one that probably gives me the most. Pause is the over one and a half total touchdowns for the Raiders because I could see that being like almost like the game that they played against Cleveland, which was 16-14, but I'm not sure the Raiders scored two touchdowns. I think they scored a touchdown, three field goals.
0: Yeah. Um I think I think they're gonna do well. Um, I think that they will have no problems winning that game. Um, the The Dolphins game, um, I would probably stretch it all the way to the money line uh, to get that that extra little bump. As a matter of fact, I might go back and do that um, because it's going to go one way or another. I don't think. If the Titans win, I don't think three and a half a half's enough. Um, you know, if they win, they're going to put the clamps on the Dolphins. That's the only way that they're going to be able to do it. Um, and, you know, there's – A.J. Brown will outscore the Dolphins in that case. Um, and if the Dolphins, you know, do make it closer, they're going to win 100%. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I just can't tell you which way that it's going to go. I would – I would pick the Dolphins, but, you know, I, I don't think that that spread's going to affect anything. Two playoff, potential playoff
1: teams in the penultimate week of the NFL season and the fantasy running backs in that matchup you're looking at are Deonta Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Miles Gaskin. Welcome to the NFL in 2021. No. And the fact, like, I had to play Duke Johnson last <laughs> week. That's, <laughs> anyway, before <laughs> that's going to wrap up the NFL content, before we get out of here, we all, we will end the way we always do with a little uh, movie corner. Um, I saw on uh, on Christmas Day. I want to give a, a quick shout out to Sing Two, one that Ricky loved earlier this year. I got to see that. It took my my nephew, my sister, and my wife fantastic i am not a big um 2 fan i may have been known to call them the most overrated band in the history of time but damn if they didn't make me feel warm and fuzzy about bono and a couple of those U2 songs i have that movie actually moved up into my top five you will see coming out on the site uh i have a t- my top five animated films of the year that's number one with the bullet it's top five it for me i have seen now 504 first-time watches uh, so far in 2021, probably get to 510 before the end of the year. I don't see that coming out. But uh, the other one I was going to ask you about, because I know you're a big Marvel fan, have you seen No Way Home?
0: Are you really asking that question? Well, <laughs> I was assuming
1: you had seen No Way Home. So so
0: every time a Marvel movie comes out, I get the first available pre-screening tickets. So I actually saw it on the, the day before it came out. Um, I saw it in an IMAX theater, um, probably the biggest one in Columbus, and it was, the movie was phenomenal, like lights out, but the atmosphere in the theater was, it was like going to a concert.
1: We haven't felt that in a couple of years. You forget what like a major film opening is in the time of pandemic until, I don't
0: think I've felt that since summer of nineteen well like the uh the spider man like the movie was so good and everybody was looking forward to this that and the other thing like I I don't think that I've felt that in a theater um since Endgame.
1: yeah that's summer of yeah. 19 was it, uh, that's it reminded yeah. me exactly of yeah like it was anticipation
0: you know every same, scene's packed out. I, every every Marvel movie I go to, because I go to that first screening, it's always packed. Mm. Um, you could have heard a pin drop in The Eternals. Like, there was no excitement, enthusiasm. <laughs> it was just watching a movie. But, like, Black Widow, Endgame, Spider-Man, like, all of those. You got people clapping. Like, Black Widow wasn't... Nuts. Um, Shang Chi
1: actually might be oh, the, I... the second best Marvel one they had this year. Most surprising, yeah, that was just a kick in the pants. It's, I liked Eternals, but it's not exactly. It wasn't the like cheering. It's it was very
0: much a cerebral. Yeah, I experience. thought, I, and I know we've talked about this. I thought the Eternals um, tried to do too much with too little. Mm-hmm. Uh, They, it was a beautiful movie, Um, you know, it was filmed on location uh, instead of green screened, but there's so many, I don't want to say plot holes, but basically plot holes um, in the Eternals. But yeah, Spider-Man was absolutely nuts. Um, I might go see it again in the theater. I probably won't because I, I don't re-watch re, uh, in the theater very often. but
1: Yeah, I can't wait to, to buy it at home. So I know Ricky loved it. He said it, he thinks, uh, you know, at the time he said it was the best Marvel movie he'd seen. I loved it. I gave it four and a half. It's in my top five for the year. Um, just much like Sing 2. It's slightly ahead of Sing 2. Um, and I actually put it up in my top five Marvel films. So I know you see everything see the whole world have you had time to think about where you would put it in terms of the larger uh, mcu
0: um i mean it's it's definitely up there i'd i'd have avengers in front of it um infinity war in game Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Um Yeah, so for me,
1: my current top five is Guardians number one. It's so always been number one for me. I just love that movie. Black Panther, Ragnarok, Endgame, and then No Way Home.
0: Yeah, I would I would probably put Ragnarok above it too. Um but yeah, the, I mean, the original Avengers. Probably, I might put Iron Man 1 up there, too. Like, there's just, there's been so many of them. But as far as... And they, they've they done
1: such great quality. It's, it's easier to figure out the, like, four or five that are on the bottom than it is almost to
0: rank absolutely. all the ones at the top. It's super easy. Um, as far as this phase, um, I would put it, First of all, I think that that this is, you know, moving past all of the original Avengers um, other than the, the Black Widow, you know, pre-prequel, I guess it would be. Oh, yeah. No. She wasn't dead yet. So other than that, um, they've done a really good job. Like, I didn't love yeah. the Eternals, but... I'm pretty sure it was 3 hours of setting up for guest appearances in other <laughs> flicks. Um <laughs> like I Spider-Man was fantastic. Shang-Chi was uh, fantastic. Like nobody knew Shang-Chi before this movie and now mm. everybody wants to see another Shang-Chi movie. Um or at least for him to start popping up in some of these yeah. I have this
1: feeling we're going to see him in Multiverse of Madness because at the oh, end, oh god, I'm so had... looking forward to that. And you know, Marvel has been known for giving us scenes, which I feel like the mid-credit scene was kind of a toss one out for Sony, who needed to lend some legitimacy to uh, to the Venom franchise. Venom is like fetch. Stop trying to make Venom happen. But uh, you know, the post-credit scene was really a backdoor trailer for the Multiverse of Madness, and it was. It has me pumped. They said Scarlett Johansson was working on a, that she was going to come back for something from Marvel. And I'm wondering if it ends up being that, because I am sure that you saw um, What If. Oh, yeah. But the Multiverse of Madness, not so subtly, appears to be bringing a quintessential piece of What If into the
0: live-action world. Uh, Have you seen Monkey? Yes. Is it good? It was okay. okay. Uh, that's the like one. Ted that Lasso I seen.
1: was a an assassin uh, with an animated monkey. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. I know, I may be making it sound
0: better than <laughs> the actual experience. Yeah. The okay, I'll go experience. into it without my expectations away. If up
1: Ted Lasso there. was an asshole who was also an assassin <laughs> who trained a monkey to be an assassin. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's been an amazing year after a Marvel-free 2020 five original series, four movies, and we're just getting started. But uh, if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, I think it's one you definitely make a point to see in theaters. Um, that experience is unlike anything else, if you feel safe. Obviously, some tough times out there with the, the resurgence of uh, Omicron there. But I loved it. I uh, can't wait to
0: see where we go next. Yeah, I uh, as far as Sing goes, I had tickets and uh, something came up, so I had to give them up. Um, but I, I'm more excited for Sing two. Than I was for Eternals than I was for Shang-Chi going into it. Um, Sing
1: Two is a sequel that surpasses its uh, its original. Uh, every, uh everything I, about it was
0: I great. don't re-watch movies very often. Like I I've, I've re-watched the Avengers films, you know, Iron Man's, Captain America's, all of that beginning Avengers stuff. Um, even Dark World, it happened. Um but I've rewatched Sing more than any individual Mar- Marvel movie. Like, I absolutely love that. And it's got Scarlett Johansson still. So, you know, yeah. she, anytime she's in a movie, I want to watch it. Even if she's a porcupine. So we're on that, you know, we're
1: recording this on Thursday. So this is penultimate uh, day of 2021. So far, my my top five films of the year and where you can find them. Coda is number one for me. Apple TV Plus, just a beautiful film. Number two, Mass. That is actually still Ricky's favorite film of the year. Just came out on VOD on Tuesday, so make sure to check that one out. It's very emotional, but is worth it. Number three for me, Belfast, directed by Kenneth Branagh, who himself has done a few uh, Marvel movies. Did give us Thor. Mm -hmm. Just. We won't go any further, but did give us Thor. Uh, But this one, beautiful. It's in theaters, but it's also available on VOD. Number four, Spider-Man No Way Home, which we just talked about. Number five, Sing 2, those last two. Head to a theater, check them out. Uh, We're about to head into a time of year where the movies that came out at the end of uh, December here are the ones that are going to dominate for the next month and a half. Still plenty of time to go get out and see them, but maybe – Maybe with no NFL games on New Year's Day, you're looking for another option. I would recommend both those two. Have you seen uh, Matrix Four? I have indeed. Okay, I thought I thought it was good. It's my favorite of the sequels. I don't think it's as good as the Matrix, but it was a lot better than I expected. That one's on HBO Max and uh, available in theaters. That yeah. was that was a pretty fun movie. A lot of great movies out right now. I uh, I am a voter for the Independent Spirit Awards. As a member of Film Independent, we just started getting Independent Spirit Awards screeners. So I've been watching a lot of indie movies. I'm sure Ricky and I will have some uh, thoughts on that in the upcoming weeks. But now NFL week 17, if you are blessed enough to be in a title game, I pray that your players are healthy enough to get out there and play. It's always fun when you make it to a title game, but it's more fun if the team that got you there is actually available to play in the finals. So best of luck. Hopefully uh, next week, we're talking about at least a couple championships that John and I got to bring home as well. But uh, any other last words of wisdom for this championship week?
0: Um, I would say that the best way to win uh, this week is to outscore your opponent. Yogi
1: Barrow, making an appearance with us, folks, Yogi Barrow. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Best of luck in all your games. Next week, Ricky and I will be back looking at Week 18. We have some fun stuff lined up for the offseason. I know Ricky's going to start getting into some of his favorite college prospects, and we are planning to have a couple of ranking summits as we move into the offseason with John, Jason, myself, and Ricky looking at more in-depth dynasty rankings at each position. And – we are also probably going to be looking at some of our favorites of all time at the big positions. We've already in our uh, group chat started the debates about quarterbacks, so that is going to be something you won't want to miss. So even though the season ends, the fun is just beginning.
0: I know this is Ricky's show, so I, I want to put his uh, his number one Quarterback of all time, Ryan Tannehill. Just throw him out there.
1: It's nothing. Nothing will help you secure your championship like throwing out Ryan Tannehill. So, props 100%. to Ryan Tannehill, um, QB one in ricky's heart But obviously, with, with that, we will see you next week.